Welcome to Who Are You, a CSI podcast. I am Lauren, and I've seen CSI through and through around three to four times. And I'm Nick, and this is my first time experiencing these episodes. And today we are reviewing season two, episode eight, Slaves of Las Vegas. Original air date is November 15th, 2001. Director is Peter Markle. Writers are Anthony E. Zyker and Jerry Stahl. And we begin with shots of the Vegas Strip. So, Nick, what is our Vegas score for this episode? Uh, we have an 18, so maybe a little bit lower. Okay. We have a mid-episode shot that yep. first I thought it was going to be really low. That that certainly bumps it up. Yeah, opening shot at like two shots. It was only it was pretty short. I kind of rammed it up to six seconds, Ooh, I feel okay. like. Okay. But there was a, a mid-shot. There was like a another shot of the strip for like three seconds. And so that kind of brought us to, to where we're at. So, okay, not so, so on the lower high. end. Yeah, yeah, not super high. Okay, okay. So we go from the Vegas trip to a couple, an adult couple in a playground. They are kind of joshing around, having fun chasing each other. And then they find a body, which immediately puts an end to the fun that they were yeah. having. <laughs> They're like... I think it goes to the guy see it first, and then she's like, what's going on? Yeah, I think he spots <laughs> like, it first. She's like staring at it. I was like, how morose is that? Yeah. So that brings us to Grissom. He's on scene with Jim Brass and David. And Grissom very quickly pings this as a being a secondary scene and being a body dump. Like, this is not mm-hmm. where this person was killed. They were killed somewhere else and then moved here. This is a real um, healthcare card episode for David he yeah. was like standing there for like 30 seconds and then hey, he's not he in got, the rest of the episode. He got a credit. He got a credit, which yeah. funny enough brings us to credits. So we go to credits. We return to Grissom and Catherine on scene where they have a conversation regarding how they might destroy evidence, trying to get evidence, especially in this case, because of how the body is buried. We then see a montage of them like panning the sand in the sandbox and then as yeah. well as dusting off, you know, like slowly dusting off the body. We transition to Warwick and Sarah. They arrive at a cash checking place. We learn that the victim was shot in the leg, but they're at the hospital. So this yeah. is like one of the first times that the victim is not, not dead. dead. <laughs> so victim is shot in the leg. They're currently at the hospital. Then, Technically, the kidna- one of the kidnapping episodes. That's true. Yeah. That's true. But they didn't. But it is very rare. But they didn't know that she was. True alive until they found her this is like right off the bat we know that this victim is still alive very true but speaking of morose we then go to grissom inspecting the body of the victim at the morgue he's taking photographs he's bagging trace he then scans the body with like an ultraviolet wand of sorts he then rinses the body and then starts prepping the wrist to take a mold which plays a crucial part yep in this episode another there's another important piece of evidence. It's another UV light fluoresces on, or really just reflects other piece of silvery metal. Yes, he finds a piece light. of silvery metal as well. Yes. Which yep. I remember quite starkly because when before they put it under UV, they're just panning over the body. I literally thought they were showing a nipple by this little ridge thing on this like curved piece of flesh. I was like, is this like the DVD but, version? But, but, don't they end up, but don't they end up showing a nipple? Do they? I don't think they. I think they do when they like when they? they go into the breast implant. Oh, maybe. I'm pretty sure they do. I didn't clock there, but I just I just okay. remember thinking like, is that a nipple? And then listeners, realizing like, listeners, let us know if you spotted a nipple in this episode. Yeah. We want to like, know. You could see the ankle, and I was like, oh no, that's a leg with something yeah. on it. <laughs> with something, yeah, you're like, oh. Which at first I thought was sand, and then there was like the UV light, and he and he 
pulls it off and i was like oh okay. yeah it's a silvery like fleck which also yeah. uh comes back later we return to warwick he's in the parking lot he finds a flyer on the ground sarah calls him over they find the money bag it's been you know ripped open no cash but they find the money bag and sarah is already starting to think that this is an inside job that possibly someone on the inside was was a part of this so then yeah, very quickly there very like, quickly very quickly job. jumps to inside job morgan sarah and detective vega are then talking to the owner who is the sister of the victim they yep. own they own this cash checking business together they learn that she does have insurance like the business have insurance and they then they kind of walk outside they they walk away from the sister and they're discussing how the victim must have been the one to throw the flyer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they pulled the flyer off their car yep, and, and put it on the ground. We then go to Grissom and Catherine with Doc Robbins and the victim has scars from like that are like years old. So it's like years worth, not just like, oh, they happened years ago and then they stopped, but like has like years worth of scars, but no evidence of sexual abuse. She hasn't had sex sure. in months. So yep. there's no, there's no evidence of sexual abuse and her freshest scars were very fresh yes very very fresh but grissom points out that this victim like lavished care on herself like she did her nails she did her hair she had perfect teeth and this is where Catherine points out that she has an expensive breast augmentation and i swear they show a nipple here and i was shocked but listeners let us know because again we always recommend you watch the episode and then listen to the podcast so let us know. Did I just make that up as I was watching this episode to make it more risque? Maybe. Could be. Could be. You know, she calls it like, it's like, that's not like a Tijuana boob job or something. I'm getting used to my new TV. So maybe I saw it was something else, but my new TV in it's like high definition made me think that I saw a nipple. And Catherine asks Doc Robbins to extract one of the implants because these implants have serial numbers on them. They're like a medical, I don't want to say device, but they're like a medical component I, I love that he's like do you have a preference and she's like dealer's choice dealer's choice <laughs> nice nice vegas choice? reference i don't think that counts towards our vegas score but nice nice vegas reference there we then bring nick into the conversation here because he's been absent up until this point so nick is in with greg sandwer greg sanders wherein we learn that the victim at some point was wearing liquid latex which greg sanders is all about Nick is he, clueless. He has he has so much information to share. About so much latex. information to share about liquid latex. These are probably not conversations you should have with your coworkers. They're healthy conversations to have. Just like know the appropriate people to have them with. Probably not your coworkers. I mean, those two guys. They basically. I know. They're buddy buddies. Like They're bros. The no, they do. Then we see a man putting flyers on cars. Sarah and Detective Vega approach and. You know, they're, he's like, at first, doesn't really want to give them too much information. He finally caves when Vega threatens to bring him down to the police station. And so he said that, like, some jerk, like, shoved his, like, threatened to shove the flyer down his throat. But it was two guys that he saw. And the car, he thinks, was a Honda. So now well, we're now we're thinking that there's two assailants or two perpetrators here, and they were driving a Honda. I will say, this does come back to be one of my continuity problems. Okay. And this, it, later on this episode where they, when they do the reenactment, there is no flyer guy, I do not believe. No, I don't think so either. Yeah. No. So we're then with Catherine. She's approaching a doctor. She shows him the implant. He, you know, looks it up, 
and says that the person came in via third party billing. Her name is Mona Taylor. And Catherine is, you know, kind of having these moments of why did she or why does really anyone want to get these cosmetic surgeries done when they're already gorgeous and the doctor's trying to be like oh it's just a good leg up and Catherine has a nice little like quip when she says like you know she stepped out of those shoes years ago and he's like why and she says because they were killing me i don't think i picked up on that the first time yeah so that's so she kind of leaves the doctor with that but we now know that the victim is mona taylor this transitions us to Grissom, Catherine, and Jim Brass showing up at like a spooky mansion, like a spooky manor of sorts. I love that the like on the porch there's like a candelabra with like yes, multiple candel- candelabras. It's very. I, I always refer to this as like the meatloaf. I could do anything for love style music video. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's like it's like it's like everyone's fantasies have like a million candles burning down, but nobody, nobody, no one's into that. No yeah. one's setting up candles all the time. That's such a mess. Don't do that, people. Yeah. So a woman answers the door who we don't know at this time is Lady Heather, but is we learn very soon after that this is Lady Heather. So, and this is a spot the okay. guest star. I also have a spot the guest star for this actress. This is Melinda Clark. She's in a ton of things. One of the main things that I know her from is an episode of Firefly. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was Nandy. She ran the brothel. Yep, yep, she did. I know her. So maybe a little bit typecast. Sorry. Mo- Sorry, Melinda well, uh, Clark. A little typecast. This, this is not going to get any better because I know her. She plays this like Russian madam in Nikita, which is a remake of the La Femme Nikita TV yes. show. Yeah. Which is a remake, I believe, of the movie or whatever. But, oh, yeah. Um, she was in 70 episodes of that yeah, show. Yeah. She's a main cast member. Okay. Yep, I've yep, watched yep. every one of those 71 episodes. Because that's the kind of CW level television that I fair, watched. Fair, fair. As I believe, I I would say as a high school student, but I'm actually not sure. That may have been after I graduated college. <laughs> the show was well, on. it was from 2010 to 2013. Yeah, so yeah that well, I was. Been, that was after adult. college. Yeah. I was like, no, <laughs> yeah. you're definitely. Like, oh. I, was, I was like, but it was the kind of show that I watched a lot of when I was in high school, and continue yeah, to yeah. watch a lot of later on. However, this is only one of three spot the guest stars. I thought I had another one, but I didn't look into it. So now I'm very curious that there's three. One of them, one of them, I decided I I wrote down and then I looked up to see where I know this guy from. And the answer is, I don't know. I have a guess. So then it it doesn't count as a, I I a thousand percent know who this guy is. I know I've seen him before. Okay. Uh, Unless he was also in a different episode of CSI <laughs> from last season or something, uh, which has happened before. But I have a feeling I know what he's from. And I just only vaguely remember. I can't remember if I even watched that show. I feel like maybe I did watch like the first season of the show. And that's okay. why I know who he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he's in like a bunch of movies. And some of those movies I've seen. But like, I don't see him. We'll get there when we get okay, there. Okay, all right. We'll see, get there when we we'll get, get there. there. Okay. Okay. So Lady Heather is wondering if they're looking for respite respite from uh their dominating careers dominating the streets of las vegas yeah yeah and they seem to kind of get a chuckle out of this and then she welcomes them to lady heather's dominion which is where we learn her name is lady heather this episode by the way like the next few minutes of this episode is i think some of the funniest the show has ever been oh sweet okay so i just like laughed so many times yeah so we 
we go outside of Lady Heather's Dominion with Nick and Catherine. They're inspecting Mona's car. It's still locked, but it looks clean. So it doesn't look like her car was part of the potential crime scene because it doesn't look disturbed. It looks clean. Nick finds liquid latex in the trash, though, and it looks like there's a mold of a watch. It's very lucky for him to pick up the one piece that the the one piece that has the watch. Very convenient. They're just saving us the scene where they go through the entire trash and lay it out in a room and then find it. So that's fine. Yep. We then return to Lady Heather. She's leading Grissom and Jim Brass like through the manor. And they're asking if she's heard any screams. And she's like, it's when I don't hear screams that I worry. And I was like, I I also love there are people screaming. Yes, screaming as they're asking (laughs) the question. Do you hear any screams last night? Ah! (laughs) (laughs) And... Lady Heather is kind of having some fun, especially with Jim Brass at this point. She's kind of like poking, like in a, in a funny way, is like poking at Jim yeah. Brass. Like he asks her, or maybe Grissom asks her what time that Mona got off. And yes. Lady Heather's like multiple times she really enjoyed her job. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Told you, but, one of the, that the whole exchange with uh, so Lady good. Heather, it, it, she's, her quips are so good. So good. that scene. She then gets serious, though, and says that her last client was at 11, so she would have left, like, around midnight. Catherine and Nick come back in, and Grissom lets them know, like, tells them to go down, like, to the pool area, because that's where uh, Mona was working, but that Grissom is going to go hang out with Lady Heather, and Catherine gives them a very good-for-you nod and love. <laughs> brown chicken, brown cow. Yeah, Catherine is like, <laughs> you get it, Grissom. <laughs> Proud of you. So we go to Grissom with Lady Heather in like a prop room of sorts, just a lot of different like, masks. Uh, I thought it was and, like her office or something. I think it is her like, office, but yeah, yeah. when you first when you first see it, it looks like a prop room, and then it like turns around and you see a desk. I got a real like Mardi Gras feel from some of these masks. Yes, so, it like definitely had some Mardi Gras vibes coming I, off. I of feel them. I feel like I feel like the some producer and their or uh, like production assistant on the show they they were like go out and get a bunch of masks and they were like okay yeah, sure. <laughs> so we learn that Grissom is fascinated by deviant behavior, so he finds this entire situation you know very very fascinating. And Lady Heather's just letting him know that, you know, they're just bringing fantasies to life. Like That's that's what they're doing here at Lady Heather Dominion. And she's she's curious if Grissom has any outlets. And mm-hmm. Grissom assures her he does. But his outlets are bugs, reading, and sometimes roller coasters, which is which, not what she was talking about. I love that roller coasters are back, even though we've gotten little on that. He didn't mention, he did not mention crossword puzzles, though. No, I don't think he did. I think he, nope. yeah, he said reading, not crossword uh, puzzles. I was very oh, disappointed. In that. Um, but he does point out that Mona had whip marks, which was very surprising to Lady Heather because at Lady Heather's, she is the dominant, so she shouldn't have whip marks on her. She should be giving whip marks to the person that she's working on. So. Mm-hmm. There's a couple interesting things here. One is that Lady Heather already sort of insinuates that, like, you can be top or bottom here, or at least that with yeah, her. Yeah, but it, but it, but it seemed, I guess, according yeah. to her, that Mona topped. Yeah, yeah, and I think that there, you know, there are certainly there are definitely more inherent risks to being in a position where you're compromised, right? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, for right. sure. Yeah, uh, but also, I think I really didn't get this the first time I watched watched it, and when they redid the the scene with Doc Robbins and you were learning, it was like, I was like, oh, wait, they also said there were like five years worth of scar marks. 
So she hasn't wasn't she was like, she wasn't just moonlighting with this one person. No, not like with one person. She's been doing it for years. Well, we do we do learn in this scene that she did see clients off book. So it seems like yeah. off book she was willing to act as the submissive in in the arrangement. And she's, you know, billed as being young. I don't know. They, I don't remember if they provide a specific age. I don't age. know if they provide a specific age either, yeah. but she is supposed to be on the younger side of things. So you got to envision that she's been working there for a long time because she worked there for a few years, had enough trust to let her get away with working off book. And yeah. then has been doing this, you know, yeah. submissive yeah. stuff yeah. off book. We then catch up to Catherine and Nick there in the pool area. So they, they see a few scenes going on. It's pretty funny. They see like a, yeah. a teacher <laughs> and then a guy being whipped in the shower. I uh, started to write down a note. Like I thought she said she was going to move some clients around, but then yeah, Nick yeah. goes, goes, I guess she didn't have time to move her clients around yet. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you like beelined it there. <laughs> yeah. You immediately went, you didn't give her time to move her clients around. They end up entering a room that has like chains hanging from the ceiling. There's also like paddles and floggers and other things like hanging on the wall. And this is where Catherine identifies that the silver flecks that were pulled off the body most likely came from the chains that are hanging down from the ceiling. I don't know if they ever like confirm this in the she, lab, but she, but she's yeah, the one she that did, was like, Oh, Hey, look at this. I think she we, takes, um, I think we know where the flex came from. She takes photographs of this, but she, yeah, she, she had a flashlight and they show like a link of chain. Yeah. There's a bunch of like rusted metal exposed underneath implying that like the, the fancy chroming, like cheap Chrome or whatever has come off the, yep. the outside. But yeah, it's uh, again, super Nick, your luck is, he's like a lucky charm. Yeah, he every, finds like every, a latex. First room we look in is the room with the chains. Yep. We're not going to check any of the other chains in this room. Nope. It must be from this one chain yep. in the middle. Yep. And Nick finds like liquid, liquid latex. And then Nick and Catherine have a conversation. And again, Nick is the needs to be taught, very naive, not like well-schooled in the world. He like cannot understand these twisted people. Can't cannot understand them he's a little closed-minded i think yeah and catherine is very much like don't knock it until you try it (laughs) you're young like you just wait until you see what you get into (laughs) she's like she's like also like just because you haven't doesn't mean you wouldn't have right Right. yeah just because like the opportunity hasn't presented itself doesn't mean that you're not going to participate if it does so catherine is quickly becoming one of my favorite characters catherine is great in this episode she's so good in this episode we're then with Warwick with a lab tech. We learn uh, second spot. Okay, the I thought this was a spot the guest stars. So okay, good. I'm glad that you pointed this one out then. I, I was like, like, I was like, this woman is very familiar. To she's me. in Clueless. She's one of the oh, best. Oh, she's one of the Clueless. best. Re- that's who that is. Okay, I had so to. I was is, like, I had to do a, like this a is quadruple Stacey, take. This is Stacy Dash. Oh, you are right. Now that I see the pic, now that I'm on her IMDb, I'm like, that is 100% who that is. So she played Dion in Clueless, which is probably her like biggest, she's she's in other things as well, but that's probably her most recognizable role. If you're born in a year with a two in front of you, you've probably never seen the movie Clueless, but it's true. (laughs) It's very true. (laughs) Laura and I were growing up. It was a big big movie. movie. (laughs) It was a big, big movie. Yeah. Yeah. It was like the uh, legally came out, blonde came out of our in generation. 19, came out in 1995. Hmm. We have Warwick with Stacey Dash. That's not her. That's not the character's name. Uh, but that's the, the actress's name. 
Uh, I think she is in this show. What is her? Amy Young. So she's a lab tech. We learned that the tire mark belongs to a Honda. So that does confirm flyer guy's story. And the tire also ran over something. So there's an imprint on the tire because it ran over something. Sarah's then with the ballistics guy. And we learn that the gun was a Colt. Do they come back to the thing that no. in the tire? Okay. I nope. wasn't crazy. Nope. I thought I missed it and then nope. I kind of forgot. About I did it the again. same thing on the second watch through. I was like, oh, I must have missed when they talked about this again in the first watch through. And then when I was watching it today, I was like, no. Nope. It was probably I was like, never like, mind. It was probably a cutscene. Yeah. Yeah. It probably was a scene and they cut it out. Yeah. Doc Robbins is then with Grissom. We learn that Mona died of asphyxiation, which does not surprise Grissom at all. And Doc Robbins also points out odd scarring in her nose, which Grissom wants to know immediately is it from straws, which yeah. confuses Doc Robbins did you get very feeling, much so. Did you get a feeling that Grissom went home and just did a bunch of homework on weird, yes. kinky things? Yes. You know? Yeah. Like that, well, that, he got a book. I mean, he he told Lady so Heather reason. that already that he's interested in deviant behavior. So this might be something he was already technically interested in from a quote unquote scientific standpoint of oh, okay. deviant behavior. So we're then with Catherine and Lady Heather. Lady Heather is showing her the masks and like the accoutrements from the night before, the night the Mona died. Catherine wants to know how much money Lady Heather is clearing, yeah. and she's clearing twenty thousand dollars a week and they just have a nice like women building up women conversation here there's like no jealousy there's no competing it's just they're talking about their children so lady heather has a daughter Catherine tells her that she has a daughter and lady heather is letting Catherine know that the one thing that she told her daughter to never give away is her power. And she also thinks that Catherine would be a great dominatrix. And she means it in like the highest of compliments, which is how Catherine takes it. So they just have a really nice dynamic. This is like a really nice scene. Because generally speaking, when you put like the attractive woman with an attractive woman, it's normally in a competitive sense. And this is very much a, we understand each other and here is our common ground conversation. And I just thought that that was like a really nice touch because the show has not always been great with its women characters. I, I forget what it's called, but particularly for movies, there's this like, Oh, uh, the test. Yeah. There's this terminology. I can't remember. It's like, do not, you should have, it's not that you should. It's just like, it's like how many movies don't have a scene where there are two female or at least two actresses. female talking. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be it. And, and if there's, I forget how exactly. It, goes, it can't be about it, men. Yeah. Their conversation topic cannot be about men, but there's also like, it's like, you want those things. Like it could be like, you want examples where it both advances the plot and like devoid of that advances the characters, yes. right? Character building. Yeah. And that's really important because like when you think of like if you just restrict gender out of it and like this is what these are the things the characters do when they interact. They advance the plot and they advance the character. Yep. Right? And so it's like it's like if you have a, a two hour movie and you don't have any time where it doesn't require a man for those two things to happen, then you're being very sort of male centric in your show. And right. If it's you know, Magic Mike, maybe that's okay. If it's, you know, yeah. every other movie, you know, 
where 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 you should have you know equivalent protagonists then it's not okay right so yeah this is a great example because and i think it's awesome because we don't get it a lot and it doesn't feel forced a lot no it feels very natural and that they seem these two actors have great chemistry because this feels very natural they feel very comfortable in each other's presence like it just was a great scene sometimes you feel i feel like i watch a movie and it's like oh they only put this scene in here yeah to to like yeah yeah yeah. but this feels like a good part of the the show and again advancing character plots giving us a little bit more insight into lady heather which is like making her more human which is nice the thing i hate is in action movies where it's like the girl can only fight the evil girl yeah, yeah, <laughs> the, yeah, guy, yeah. the guy has to fight the evil guy i was like can't can't we just fight each other like can't we just have the good guys fight the bad guys yeah yeah <laughs> we then leave lady heather and Catherine, and we go to Catherine and grissom with greg sanders they have a funny conversation about switches and dominance and submissive and greg sanders is floored that grissom like knows all the lingo he's amazed you know what a switch is you know you know you know what a switch is and as grissom points out that is when someone alternates between being dominant and submissive in that dynamic so greg sanders does end up showing them the mask that mona was wearing as well as the straws that she used but the after blue his, marks there's really weird yeah markers shoving, up nostrils. yeah shoving markers up his nostrils but the blue marks on the straw desic are from the killer so those are epithelials from the killer so we just need some some dna yep. up in this up in this need joint s- need, need a, a suspect right yep need a suspect then Catherine and grissom kind of like put their watch mold side by side and we see that they're like matchy matchy like it's from the same great, watch great matchy matchy scene very solid matchy matchy scene it's a woman's watch and it's very expensive then we go to our storyline b with sarah and detective vega at the hospital the you know they're kind of talking to the victim and about his you know does he have a cult he does he keeps it at the the store the sister and his i put boyfriend but it ends up being her husband yeah hector arrive and this is my third spot the guest star third spot the guest star so, this is uh amari velasco yep so i struggled to figure out exactly why i know this person so well okay there's like a transformers movie that he's in maybe that but i think i've watched the first season of prison break and he was in a bunch of episodes it does okay i was prison gonna say break. it looks like he's in prison break but I don't actually remember. But when I, I saw him, I went, that guy looks really familiar. And then he's in the episode later on. I went, yeah, I definitely know who this person is. Yeah. And the second I watched through, I had the same reaction. I was like, yeah, I know this human. Yeah. And I just like, but I don't know from what. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, yeah, I, it, it's, it's definitely been a long time since I've watched anything with him in it. And, but I just... It just really was. I actually looked at like some photos on IMDb. I was like, "Oh, this looks familiar." I clicked on, I clicked on that, and I was like, "Nope, I've not seen this show." You were like, "Nope, don't know that <laughs> so, show." Okay. So I have very, very little idea why I, why I recognize him, but it's but right. he is in a bunch of things. He is in a lot sp- of things. And I spotted him. He is is pretty prolific. So I, sp- I spotted him. He's a guest star. So all right, count well, uh, Let's count it. We, this is a short scene, so we, we we leave this scene behind. We then go to Catherine and Grissom talking to a dad. He's, you know, he has like a baby strapped to him. We learn that this yeah. is Mr. Nelson. They ask him about the missing watch. He's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And then they ask if he bought 
like this specific watch and he says no and he walks away to change the baby and this is where grissom decides well then like the mom must have bought the watch like we know that this household bought the watch so it must be the mom this brings us to so we stay with Catherine and grissom they are now with the mom who is a lawyer and she's not like most people she very quickly points out she is not like most people and it's very obvious very quickly that she is a domineering personality we are supposed to know right out of the gate that this woman is a dominating presence yeah She's a little cold as well, but like... yes, a bit detached, a bit cold. We do learn though that she she did she admits to buying the watch, ordering the watch, but she claims that she lost it on a business trip, so she doesn't have the watch anymore. And as they're having this conversation, they bring up the fact that on her last business trip, she sa- shared a suite with her boss Ronald, and like, isn't yeah. that convenient? But she says that this does not rattle her; like, it'll take a lot more than that to rattle her. I'd like to point out. We, well, it is not till later we can confirm this, but she definitely lied to the police. Yes. She, she definitely did not lose this on a business trip. She had she to have not. come home with it yep. for it to have been. Because it's like still last night that this, yep. or two nights, like this woman died. Yeah. And she was wearing this watch. Yep. Yep. So we're then back with Sarah and Warwick there with the lab tech again. She found materials in the bag of the cut. So like the knife left some materials, these red fibers behind. This brings them, along with Detective Vega, to a fiberglass manufacturer. And then, crazy enough, who's working there but the husband, Hector? Oh, no. So they take his knife. They walk him out to the parking lot because they want to know what kind of car he drives. And as they're telling him, like, well, we haven't told you what kind of car we're looking for. Because he's like, oh, see, obviously it's not the car you want. <laughs> and they were like, and they were like, we haven't even told you what car we're looking for. He books it. He runs, takes off. So there's a nice little chase scene. Warwick ends up capturing him. Then Grissom and Catherine are back at the Nelson's house. They have a warrant for the watch box alone. So the only yeah. thing that the warrant covers is her watch box, which they, she says is in her car. So they go to her car. They get is it. That- is that not the weirdest place in the universe for someone to keep a watch? Right. Wouldn't it be like in your bedroom, like on your dresser? I don't like the only watch I wear is my Apple watch. So maybe I'm not the best person to like talk about where one keeps your watches. Cause I, unless it's charging, I always have my Apple watch on, but yeah. we don't get paid by Apple. So f- fun fact, this is, this is not an ad for Apple. I mean, yeah. Apple, if you want to pay us, let sure. us know. Yeah, maybe I can afford a $20,000 watch one day. Yeah, maybe we can, but this is not a paid endorsement at the moment. I'm just pointing out the fact that it's the only watch I I wear. But I definitely don't keep it in my car when I'm not wearing it. So they look through the watch box, and what do they find? Liquid latex. This-ish gets everywhere. (laughs) Which, 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 it's important to note, couldn't have been like from the last time. No. Had to be from a different time. It had to be from a different time. Yeah. Because the watch isn't in there. He didn't like return. Yeah. Yeah, we don't watch. know where the watch is. Actually. They don't know where the watch is. So this must have been from another incident. It's gonna go it's gonna go to the daddy defense fund. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Cause I don't know if mommy's gonna be defending him for that much longer. We're then with Grissom with Lady Heather. They're enjoying some afternoon tea. Grissom shows her a newspaper that has a picture of Mr. and Mrs. Nelson. And Lady Heather says that she's seen the husband before. She's not seen the wife, but she has seen the husband before. And 
she also talks about how she oftentimes knows people's desires before they do. She's kind of teasing. Yeah, they have a whole like thing Grissom where like here. Grissom's like, "Oh, I didn't tell you they were married," and she's yeah, like, and she's like psychoanalyzing oh. people. Right? Yeah, she's using her intuition and so forth, and so that sort of parlays into this next part where she yeah. talks about how she's analyzing Gris- Griffin. Right? Yeah, yeah. So she tells Grissom that his fear is being known. Like he doesn't want anyone to know him, and he has spent a lot of time and a lot of effort making sure that no one like really knows him. And then they enjoy more tea because yep. it's a good transition. Then uh, Sarah Warwick and Detective Vega are with Hector in the interrogation room. He coughs up a media again. No lawyer. Yeah. No lawyer. But this you know, definitely he, don't talk to the police. Yep. Get a lawyer. Type situation. So he says that you know he left the cash checking plays he he doubled back though but he he came purposely with a friend because he knew that the victim would recognize his car so he had to come in a car that wasn't his car so he like went got a friend they came back he you know grabbed the gun and no one was supposed to get hurt you know like he's trying to be really like oh can we just like sweep this all under the rug basically <laughs> really sells his friend down the river thinks he he's just gonna walk out of there yeah I think he's just gonna walk out that's that's not what happened instead we go to work sarah and detective Vega with Carla and the victim where we learned that the victim had skimmed $5,000 from the business the same that, night that he was robbed. That both really comes out of left field. Yes, it does. It and does. It's quite the jump in conclusion. That right. He just has $5,000 on him. It doesn't. Oh. How do you know necessarily that it's from the business? I'm not going to, I don't want to generalize people here, but. I have known a lot of especially small business owners to walk around with large sums of cash on them right. at all times. Yeah. Who knows why they feel they need to be walking around large sums of cash. Hopefully they're declaring all their taxes, but it's not that uncommon of a situation for you to just assume that he has $5,000 in cash and he must've stolen it from the business. Right. Right. I, I, the second I watched it, I was like, did she say that there was like 5,000 more dollars missing yeah. or something? And no. I, and I missed it. And I was like, I got to that scene again. I was like, yeah, there's like no setup for this moment. There's no setup for this moment. None. None <laughs> whatsoever. That was like one of my only pet peeves about this episode. I was like, what is this? What is that? Why does that even matter? It's, it's yeah, but they arrest proper. him. I love, I love, she's like, you're going to arrest him. And they're like, yep. <laughs> yeah, she's going to arrest his ass is the yeah. is the exact quote. So that's the end of that storyline. Pretty. We don't we don't spend too much time in this episode on that storyline it's a it's a much no smaller died. shorter no one died he lives he's fine i mean now he's arrested so maybe he's not fine but it, it is what it is then Catherine and grissom are searching a car the wife pulls up and they find grains of sand in the car dun, oh no dun, dun. probably oh, the no. worst evidence in their case i mean they probably could figure out how to match the grains of sand i'm sure they yeah but like you tell it's not suspicious that father of a small child was it a i know because they were like that's what like <laughs> when, they're, when they look at him and they're like been to any playgrounds recently i'm like he has a kid why wouldn't he go to playgrounds like he has a child <laughs> you're you're acting like, like it'd be so weird for him to be in a playground he's the main caretaker of their kid is it is, is it sandy in las vegas yeah i actually don't know uh i don't know because i've only like been in some... like the city i've only been in like yeah. city proper of las vegas yeah. so and i'll be in vegas in august no, nice. so then we're in the interrogation room with the husband and the wife and Catherine and grissom and jim brass 
and the wife is telling him to shut up. Like he's starting to like ramble. He will not shut up though. And he also no. brings up the fact that his wife is sleeping with Ronald. <laughs> yeah, he knows. He I also love that he has a lawyer. His lawyer is telling him not to talk to the police, but because his lawyer is his wife and he who's who he's angry at, who he's yeah. like very very angry at, and um, he, appropriately so. Although. As a murderer, I don't know if you can ever be appropriately angry. <laughs> yeah, I feel like just divorce and get a good amount of money in child support and call it a day. It's not your child. Probably not even going to get child support. I mean, that's true. But met, but alimony, you can have that. Yeah. We learned kind of during this conversation that he used Mona as a surrogate for his wife so he purposely like covered her in liquid latex and put the watch on her to so that he could act like what he was doing was what he would do to his wife but he can't but he couldn't dominate his wife in person so the best like next best thing he could do was dominate mona but he got a little too carried away at the last session and so we get the reenactment where he covers up the straws with his fingers and she dies from asphyxiation yeah that's like extra messed up which would maybe double down on why it's happening. Yeah. Book. Yeah. Yeah. And they're talking about like testing the epithelials and he wants to test Dylan's epithelials because he dun, doesn't dun, dun. think that Dylan is his son because he hasn't had sex with his wife in a long time. So it's like years. He yeah. Says. Like three years or something like that. So he just leaves the husband. I like that. that he makes it sound like he gets up and he's like, I'm, I'm leaving. And she's like, where? And he's like, anywhere without you. And it's like, you're, you just go to jail. You're going to jail, which is fine. But like, don't act like you're like, just going to go back to the house and hang out. Like you're, you're being charged for the murder of, of Mona. Yeah, he's not appropriately coping with the situation. No, he's not. He is kind of disassociating at the moment. It isn't quite with reality, which I guess not super surprising. <laughs> also, I don't think he's very smart because the beginning of the episode, they're like, we found this body in a sandbox. They must have wanted us to find this body. <laughs> yes, they did make mention of that near <laughs> I, the beginning I don't, of the episode. I don't think that's true. No, I don't but think he that's did, true either. He took the time to remove all the liquid latex. Yes. To smuggle her out of the house. Yeah. Bring her to a sandbox and bury her. Yeah. But not very deeply. Like he's right. just not the sharpest tool in the shed. Right. Yeah, I don't yeah, I don't think I don't think we're supposed to think that he's like a criminal yeah. mastermind. We end the episode with a short scene with Catherine and Grissom there in the hallway. Catherine is very happy that they have a healthy relationship and they don't, you know, put straws in people's noses when yeah. they're having a disagreement, they can talk about it. And then she goes to Grissom and she's like, well, you know, now's your turn to like say something revealing. Like I revealed something to you, now you reveal something to me. And the episode ends with Grissom being like oh i've never told anyone this before and then cut to credits but the idea is that he is opening up and he is letting himself be seen and be known by someone and he trusts Catherine to do that which is very sweet i thought this was like a a nice little end cap to the episode i actually was like kind of like wtf i want to know (laughs) (laughs) i did too i thought like we heard it and then when it cut to credits i was like "Mm, all right but nick what did you think about today's episode? I like this episode pretty high up there for this season, for sure. Pretty, pretty up there overall. It definitely ticks like a lot of good boxes. I mentioned earlier, it's for a reason is definitely the funniest 
episode, yeah. I think, at least in a long time. Yeah. I would uh, probably, much to your dismay, I still think I liked the last episode better than this episode. Okay. Okay. For whatever okay. reason. We're, we're but allowed these are to have like, different opinions here. These we are, can still be these friends. Are, we can still have a healthy... Close- we can still have a healthy yeah. relationship, Nick, and disagree. <laughs> yeah, or, or we don't disagree. We just like different things. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but they're they're actually quite close to each other. So, they, so these last two episodes, I think, I think there was one. I, I can't remember what it was. I, I believe there's one other episode earlier on where I was like, "Oh, this was a pretty good episode." Yeah. So those those are probably firmly in my top three. We're only you know eight or nine episodes in. You think I would remember, but I don't. No, it's fine. Uh, it's- but my memory is terrible, so I'm not. I'm not here to judge. It's eight. Yes, it's funny. Normally, I write down the uh, episode yep. number at the top episode of my eight. notes, and I did not. Oh, okay. So, I just put the title, which is probably not good. I should probably actually start putting the episode numbers in. But hands down, favorite episode to date. Love yeah. this episode. I think I Lady Heather's character is great. The actress is great. Every scene that she was in was like charged in a fun like electric sort of way she just brings a lot of like energy to all the scenes that she's in i think they did a great job of appropriately mixing edgy and humor like they were able to be edgy and also humorous without it like coming across as like weird and like bumpy this was like all right you're doing a good job at pushing boundaries and at being funny at the same time so this is Hands down, real... favorite episode to date, and I'm I'm excited that it held up because I've been telling Nick for like the last yeah. few episodes that this episode is really good, and I was like, I'm gonna be really bummed out if I watch this episode, and I'm like, oh no, this is not good uh, at all. Why did I think this is a good episode? So I'm very happy that this episode I, held up, in my opinion. I think it's a really like great episode for Catherine's character too, like. There's yes, Catherine was moments. great in this episode. She's doing a lot in the story. Yeah. And her character is really like, I mean, I kind of like in this, in the sit and wait, right? Because I don't know where it's going. But they've really been layering some things for her character this season that I really like. The only real reservation I have, I actually thought the the plot of the B storyline was fine. It was short but sweet. Yeah. But like the character, like Sarah and Work do like nothing. They do nothing. They just jump it's to the conclusions. Lab, it's the lab tech. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. And no, so I that was kind of like, it was like, in work I don't think it was even in the last episode. And so it was like, it's like, I feel, and Sarah, I feel like never gets enough Air counter time. time. Like, yeah. yeah. I feel like, I no, like, I, I feel like I know very little about Sarah's character. Or the yeah. second season of the show. Yeah. Like, I couldn't yeah. tell you three things she likes in life. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that I don't know when <laughs> you know, that changes. That does change. They do focus yeah. on her character more. I don't know if that happens next season or she, not. She but... is a CSI in the uh, in the credits now, though. Oh, good. Oh, I'm glad that she got promoted. <laughs> I'm glad that Sarah got promoted. She's been promoted to CSI. To CSI. That's great. I'm very happy. So that was that's only, that <laughs> only the that's the sort of the one downside. But pretty good episode. There's not a lot of yep. like those things where I'm like, oh, that was really clever. They came back to that, or they, they the second watch through. There weren't as many of those things that really make like those. I think I'm quickly becoming one of my favorite parts of, especially watching an episode twice is seeing like, oh wow, they really they they really la- layered this in for you to discover. But they did keep you guessing on these stories both yeah. the whole time which i think yep. was good i think they did a good job of it 
All right. Well, we will be back next week with season two, episode nine. And then there were none. In the meantime, you can find us on Facebook at Who Are You? Colon, a CSI podcast. We are also on Instagram, Twitter, slash X and threads at Who Are You? CSI pod. You can also email us at Who Are You? CSI pod at gmail.com. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. No spoilers. No spoilers. No spoilers.